Hello and welcome to episode 35 of the Liverpool Comedy Improv Cast with me, Ian Luke Jones. This is where we get to know the people who make up the LCI community, and today's guest is the delightful Nee Francis. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and wherever else you get your podcasts. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star review and subscribe to the show to give us a boost and to help get our name out there. Now it's time to go off script and find out Neve's true story about making stuff up. And please welcome this week's guest. It's Neve. Welcome, Neve. Hello. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm super excited to get to talk to you and get to hear your story. Oh, okay. That that sounds exciting. <laughs> Just happy to be here. You know. So, w- where are you uh, speaking to me from today? Um, speaking to you from West Derby, Liverpool. West. Sunny, sunny. Actually, to be fair, it's quite sunny. Sunny Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, that's good. It's it's a nice day uh, where I am currently as well. Um, but I've discovered recently that I probably shouldn't talk too much about the weather when I do these things because if I say, oh, it's a wonderful day today, uh, then I've noticed the day the podcast comes out, it could actually be quite a miserable day and people don't want to hear about a lovely day when they're having oh, a miserable yeah. day. <laughs> yeah, it's like, don't don't tell me it's raining now. Don't, don't tell me how nice it was last Wednesday. <laughs> Uh, so, um, yeah, you're a great improviser, someone that I've improvised with uh, here and there over the last 18 months or so. Uh, in the online world and oh, someone that always manages to really grab my attention when you're performing. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Likewise. Well, well. <laughs> it's always so much fun. So I'm just going to jump straight in now and ask, how did you get involved in improv comedy? Ooh. Um, so I'd always like kind of done theatre and drama stuff as like since I was probably about 11, like just like at the school plays and things like that. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of got into more like acting outside of school and stuff like that with like, you know, just like community based theatre stuff. Um, yeah. And then I like about the age of 14, I got into like I got into the YouTube space of just like watching YouTubers and stuff. And there were <laughs> these like two YouTubers who now like have a podcast and stuff, but they they're like Grace Helbig and, and Mamrie Hart, like. Some people might know, some people <laughs> might not. But um, they were they were like actors and stuff. But they were like they came from an improv world. Like they came from like UCB and um, the pit and places like that in New York. And right. I remember like being like, oh, that looks so cool. Like I found some of their old kind of improv stuff, and I was like, oh, this looks so so fun. And then I did nothing with it <laughs> right. for like another three years because I was like, I'm too scared. And also there wasn't really much going on in Liverpool at that time and then I discovered Liverpool Comedy Improv when I was about 16 I think so like 2016 and I was like I made myself go me and my friend went um I like mentioned it to my friend in like our like drama class and she was like oh like let's go let's go so we went and then I was like this was like actually so much fun like I was so scared (laughs) and then I just had so much fun and then from then I just kind of potted about wherever I've been living and like found different groups and things like that and just kept doing it. And it's been like so much fun and so nice. So it interests me uh, greatly that it was YouTube that introduced you to the world of improv because that seems to me very much a generational thing because that is, you know, I'm a teacher. I see that that's how lots of children discover the world these days. It's through YouTube. Yeah. Like, 
yeah I think it's a very like Gen Z thing to have gotten into something purely from the internet like I didn't really like I think I I did like seen an episode or two of like whose line is it anyway growing up and stuff because like who hasn't but I never really like clocked what it what it was I knew it was like obviously improvised and it wasn't scripted but I didn't really realize there was a whole like community and world and then it was like when I kind of got into those two YouTubers and I was like hmm and started watching it I was like oh this is like a thing thing and then kind of was just like googling and went down an internet spiral and then like kind of discovered it that way and then went to try and see if there was any way I could get into it where I was and soon enough Emma came along and I was like yes I will I will join this and try it out (laughs) yeah it's it's weird so what (laughs) was it like what was it like as a 16 year old turning up to this class for the first time it was like I was scared because like I mean I think I've always been kind of confident or at least I like fake confidence um so I kind of like and I was going with a friend so it wasn't like I was just showing up by myself but I was like me and my friend were definitely the youngest um I think we still well I think I still probably am um at least in most improv spaces I'm in I'm unless it's like student improv and stuff like I'm always pretty much like the baby of the group um but yeah I was like I wasn't I was gonna I thought I was gonna be like intimidated or like people would be like oh why is she here like why is this like child here but um everyone was just like super chill and just treating me like everyone else which is really nice and like I think as an only child as well like I just like I've always vibed with people who are like slightly older than me because like I grew up just hanging out with my mum and dad (laughs) so (laughs) I was like, I know how to have these conversations. It's all good. <laughs> and do you, as a younger improviser, do you have many situations where you just don't know what the references are that people are talking about, or you make references that people don't know what they are? Ooh, um, I think it's happened a couple of times. I think generally, I, I think generally it's pretty much okay, and I think. I think people always take into account like the kind of references especially like if they know me they'll kind of know what like what I'll understand and likewise like what someone else who maybe might be like 45 I'll be like well if I bring up this TikTok reference they won't understand that so I won't do that um (laughs) it happens a couple of times I think it happens more with like online improv between like different communities like countries like a lot of the time I remember like doing online stuff over the pandemic and they'd be maybe like an American and they'd reference something and I think it's like maybe that thing of like (laughs) sometimes maybe Americans think that we all understand every one of their references (laughs) maybe and then I'm just like I don't know what this like niche show is so I just have to kind of pretend and I'm just like yeah I just kind of like it's kind of difficult that way but not really with age I don't think pretty much. Something I find about the improv with people from all over the world. And I think particularly when I'm doing things with Americans, it's the fact that they tend to take things quite literally, whereas sort of in Britain, it's within our culture, we're very sarcastic. So there's lots of things that we say that is sarcastic. And sometimes if you're not used to that, that world of everything you say is sarcastic, things get taken literally, and that can really sort of change the direction of a scene. 
yeah 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 now you've mentioned that yeah I found that quite a lot as well especially I think online and stuff it's like it's so much harder to get a person's intention sometimes because you haven't got your whole body to use you've generally just got like your shoulders up and it's like you can't get that exact energy that they're kind of given off to you if you're not in the same room so sometimes things go like awry or things go miss or you miss kind of what the intention was and you're like did I but then it's like it's gone and then we've moved on anyway and it's like okay never mind it's fine we'll just continue with this idea now (laughs) Uh, so you went to your first improv class with a friend does that friend still improvise Ooh, I don't think she does but purely because um she literally doesn't have much time like she did really enjoy it and she went for a couple of months and then she ended up getting like a part-time job we were at college um, and then she like could never really make it because it was like on shifts and stuff. But right. I think, yeah, maybe I should message her and be like, you want to you wanna come along? You could just like bring her along to like a LCI or something in, <laughs> in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Be fun. So obviously improv has been very different over the last 18 months or so. It's all moved online. When we first went into lockdown and in-person improv was taken away from us, how did you feel about making that move to online improv? Um, I think, I think it felt like it didn't feel that much of a jump initially for me, just because of how much time I already spend and spent online. Um, right. Whether it's like kind of because university had already gone online by that point, like everything was kind of happening online, and then also being like twenty-one, like I just spend <laughs> every living, breathing moment online in some aspect. So it didn't feel like too foreign of a concept to me. Um, But yeah, I think like for us as like, let us make it up to you and the hang up in Newcastle, we kind of like, we got in quite early because we were just like, yeah, let's just start and see what happens kind of thing. We started doing like weekly shows and things like that, um, which was fun. And it was like, we learned a lot along the way. I think the first couple, we were like still trying to, much like everyone else, trying to like figure out the inner workings and the cogs and wheels of like online improv and what works and what doesn't and yeah. what kind of how to even like you know how to tech a show online yeah. things like that where it's like oh should we have like a separate tech person to do like the like cameras on and off and sort out things and things like that it's just like it's kind of bringing everything that you you usually have in an like normal in real world space onto into like an online platform which was like it was yeah I think it was fun it was kind of difficult and then it, I felt like it's quite easy to get burnt out because you're constantly just like looking at a screen and looking yeah. at your face <laughs> uh, when you moved to uni was there already sort of an improv infrastructure in place that you just became a part of or did you help set something up yeah so um a bit of both really so at Newcastle University there's a comedy society and it has like three strands. It has like stand up, improv, and sketch. Right. Um, so I just joined as a fresher and was like, yeah, like, you know, I've been doing like improv for maybe two years at that point, I think. Um, and like, I was like, oh, yeah, let's like, let's just go along, see where it's like, and stuff like that. And everyone was really lovely. And I just like kind of got involved primarily in the improv. Um, I did a little bit of the sketch in first year. Um, I think I did a bit more in second year. Um, I didn't really branch into stand-up all that much, but um, right. second year, well, at the end of first year, I decided to like run for 
secretary of like the society because I was like I want to like get involved a bit more and I kind of wanted to like have a go at like coaching and teaching and stuff because the kind of the execs if you will kind of ran the sessions and stuff and I was like that looks like so much fun like I'd really like have a go at that um and I ended up getting secretary and then in second year I was doing like the normal kind of weekly improv sessions and then I set up like a long form group and we had like our own little like almost like house team but not really like there wasn't any like hierarchy or anything but right. like a separate group that did long form we still did long form in the other sessions but yeah so like I kind of coached that as well which was really fun so had you had long form experience with LCI um my long form started with the hang really right because I I did like I only really did short form with LCI and then I kind of moved before they started doing like any sort of long form course and stuff. Like I All kind right. of was not in the city. Um, and then I started going to like drop-ins with um, Letters Make It Up To You, like Open Heart Theatre and stuff. And then they ended up holding auditions for like more people on their like team. And I ended up getting in that way. So I just like kind of practiced a lot of it because I only kind of went to a couple of those workshops prior. I kind of just learned a lot of it like on the job <laughs> yeah. of just like rehearsals and like different formats and stuff. And that's really, I think, where like my improv like education, if you will, like came from, which is like, uh, yeah, I never really took like long form courses. I have since just because, especially over the pandemic and stuff, yeah. but like my primary like entrance into long form was just purely like practical and just like getting in and doing it and learning how it works whilst rehearsing which is fun are you generally the sort of person that like prefers to just learn by doing um I don't know I think it depends what it is like I'm quite a planner like I, I right. love a plan but that's more <laughs> for like me teaching and coaching and stuff like I have like a notebook full of like plans and it's all like color coordinated like it's a bit it's a bit insane um <laughs> but I think yeah I I think sometimes with improv there's only so much you can learn from like reading and stuff like you know you can read a million handbooks and you can read a million people's opinion on what long form or short form or whatever is but I think until you actually like get in there and just try it and like figure out what you like and what you don't like and what works for you and how to you know adapt to different things and stuff I think that like that's definitely the easiest way at least for me to like just get in there and do it and I think improv it's fundamentally reacting in the moment and the only way you can really prepare to react in the moment is to regularly react in the moment (laughs) yeah yeah exactly (laughs) like it seems counterproductive to kind of sit down and just read constantly like I have and I've had I've read like you know the UCB handbook and different things like that and like who's improv is it anyway but that's purely just for my own like enjoyment yeah. and to be fair the UCB handbook helped me a lot when I was started like um coaching and things like that to just get in my head like the pure kind of building bricks of how that works from like a teacher slash coach slash coach like standpoint but yeah I think it sometimes there's only so much you can do before you just like you just need to just do it and see what happens so you're saying there about the coaching how did it come about that you made that transition into to leading sessions yeah it was just purely from like it was kind of part and parcel of being like the secretary of the society was to like be kind of a leader in like the improv sessions and stuff like generally it's kind of the president like secretary and treasury 
treasurer and they kind of like share it but because I kind of had the most experience in improv out of the three of us I kind of ended up leading most of the sessions and stuff where I'd be like oh hey like maybe I'd quite like to do this today like you guys and they'd be like oh yeah sure like they were just kind of chill to like let me kind of go for it if I wanted to and stuff which was quite nice. (laughs) So as a facilitator you were someone that was quite planned you had everything written down I'm going to do this I'm going to do this. Yeah yeah I think so just purely like out of like paranoia that I'd forget something or I'd (laughs) like it wasn't like I stood there with a script because that sounds very like not improv but you know I I just never wanted there to be like a dead moment or like a moment where I was like well we could be doing something and I'm like what should we do like oh so I just kind of planned at least like the kind of what I wanted to like at least coach or work on in that lesson whether it's like you know like object work or like a a specific format or things like that and I just try and like just kind of brainstorm just different like activities or different kind of games and stuff like that that we can play to work on that in general but I never like kind of wrote down word for word like hello good morning I hope (laughs) (laughs) and you've uh, experienced short form and long form quite a bit now do you have a preferred choice uh yeah I think yeah I'm a long form person I think like I just I short form's still great and I love short form and I love the kind of yeah I'd, like short form shows are always fun to watch and they're always like fun to do and stuff like that but there's something about long form I think coming from like a theatre background that like yeah. just seems to sit with me more and I just feel like I've got more of an opportunity to create like a story or something like that whereas like short form a lot of the time like it's kind of like okay five minutes and then forget everything we've just done and this is the next thing which is also fun but I like the kind of narrative aspect and the kind of world building aspect that you get with long form and you mentioned your performing background there as a performer what kind of performer are you are you a triple threat that like can sing dance and play music or do you focus just on the acting well like it's I think primarily I'm just like an actor um I also play clarinet so like technically actor muso I've done some actor muso stuff in the past with like clarinet and also like the cajon like that kind of box drum thing oh yeah (laughs) um but like I kind of as a kid I did dance but then like kind of quit from the just the classic scenario of like dance teachers were just not nice people (laughs) like they just yelled (laughs) at like four-year-olds I was like ah Um, but I ended up like the past kind of year during the pandemic I was like there was a lot of people online who were theatre people who were obviously out of jobs and stuff who were offering kind of online group dance classes and online like group singing and stuff like that and I was like I was just like well I'm like what else am I gonna do and (laughs) kind of being in Spain I was like well this is an in back into like the English speaking world so I just kind of like started doing like online dance classes and stuff and like I am in no way shape or form a dancer like that is not (laughs) that's not my bag but it's just like it's quite fun and I've definitely like improved to the point where I'm like you know like I've I've done stuff with dance in the past within kind of theatre stuff and sang and things like that so it's like fine but I just feel like a lot more confident in myself now to be able to like if someone were to be like hey we've got this choreo you need to learn it in like you know an hour I'd be like okay let's do it and I think I've (laughs) unless it's you know pirouettes and crazy <laughs> everything like I'd be able to like do it and at least blend in with everyone else <laughs> which is quite good okay so you mentioned being in Spain there what were you doing in Spain oh yeah oh so complicated <laughs> so I'm like 
at university I study Spanish Mandarin and linguistics um and basically it's a four-year course and on the third year we're meant to spend it in China because like we're meant to spend the whole year in China because we only kind of start Chinese at the start of our degree okay um but obviously a cheeky pandemic happened uh (laughs) started there funnily enough um which meant that we couldn't go so we kind of got given the option to do it online or to defer the year and kind of take a year out of uni so I was like well, I'll take a year out of uni and try and do something with my other language that I wouldn't have had the opportunity yeah. to do otherwise. So I ended up like moving to Madrid and becoming like an au pair for oh, wow. like 10, 11 months, which was really great because like kind of the family was lovely and things like that. I was quite scared at first. I was like, oh no, what if they like <laughs> murder me? <laughs> but they were really lovely and I got to like practice Spanish and things like that. So it's quite nice. And when you were there as an au pair, it sounds like quite a demanding job. Did you have time to still do some improv? Um, I had general time. Like au pairs are only meant to work like five hours a day. So oh, really? it was a, it was like a pretty easy job to be fair. Like I just like got on the bus with this child to take him to school and then I pick him up and then we do homework and then watch Doctor Who. Um so like it's I can't complain, like it was a very easy job. Um the in regards to improv there wasn't a lot of improv going on um at least for the first like half it wasn't until like the last month or so when I was leaving because of like the kind of mask mandate and everyone in Spain felt a lot more kind of wary of COVID and rightly they should to be honest but um so we had to like wear our masks as soon as we left the house or like even you know to receive a parcel at the door from Amazon um so it kind of people kind of just weren't doing much performing or improv or the one or the ones who were were kind of already in established teams like they weren't kind of drop-ins or anything purely because of like COVID and things so I never really got that much of an opportunity to do anything um but I did go and watch a few shows during like the last kind of couple of months whilst like the kind of theatre community was opening back up and improv and things like that and I saw a couple and they were like they were really really great awesome um something I want to ask about there which actually just jumped out of my head I was like oh I'm going to ask about that oh and this is what it is I've remembered uh, you mentioned yeah. there your degree uh, so what kind of job does that degree set you up for what you're hoping to move on to after uni huh. um good question <laughs> so it's like generally with with like language and stuff you can like because I, I feel like I often get the kind of like oh you're going to be a teacher oh you're going to be a translator and I'm like <laughs> no because to be a translator I'm not I'm not doing translation as my degree and I don't really want to teach um at least languages but um to be honest I kind of want to do like a master's in acting purely to okay. get back into that because I was kind of like I always kind of been between languages and kind of performing like for as long as I can remember that kind of like oh do I want to do this or that um and at A level I did both I did like Spanish French and drama um and then I was like debating going like auditioning for drama schools and things like that but I ended up like going down the languages route purely because I was like well I do want to be fluent in at least like two if not three languages and there's no kind of other way to do that and also I knew that if I didn't get in to drama school in the first year I'd be sat kind of in my room for a year like oh I could be a year into like a degree because I I still love languages and things like that so I was yeah. like well I'll do that and then kind of over the past year or so um I've been like yeah I definitely I 
think want to do like a master's in acting and then I'll just see what happens really just go with the flow if I get some if something comes from that great if it doesn't I've still got like my languages degree that I'm like happy to go into kind of linguistic analysis and things like that with um because that really interests me anyway so I'll just see see what the universe brings (laughs) yeah it's a good way to be to see what happens Uh, now something you mentioned earlier when you started at uni and there was the improv branch there was the sketch branch and there was the um stand-up branch i just want to ask you about the sketch branch of things because you did say that you you dipped into that just talk us through what do they actually teach you in in a sketch comedy class yeah it was like a lot of it was kind of centered around the idea of just like a writer's room um again like a lot of like learning on the job kind of thing which seemed way more fun and interactive um than just kind of you know someone stood there being like this is what this is and this is what this is go write a sketch it was kind of just like a collaboration effort of like we'd all we'd all come together on like a Thursday evening at like uh six till eight and you know we'd probably have a pint with us from the student bar or whatever and then we yeah. kind of people would just spitball ideas and be like oh I've been thinking about you know writing a sketch about this and someone would be like oh yeah we could do this and then we just kind of start figuring out the logistics and start kind of writing bits or you know writing kind of the structure and stuff and then that person or maybe that person and another person would kind of go away that week and kind of try and write the first draft of that sketch and then they bring it back and we'd do a read through and try and you know change it adjust it whatever so we we do that like every week and there'd be maybe three or four different sketches that are being written each week which was really fun and then um in our kind of biannual how many shows we do a couple I think we did three shows a year about that um they'd like in the sketch portion they'd you know do maybe five or six different sketches that um had been like written and performed and stuff like that which was really fun to do so what kind of ideas would people have they say I've had an idea for a sketch is it literally just anything yeah it's it kind of depends because sometimes people would like sometimes people would come with a fully fledged kind of um idea with kind of I want to do a sketch that like is about this and I want to use this and I want to like and they'd like had an idea of how like it goes and stuff and then other people might just come up and be like I had this one line that I thought of the other day and I like I want to write a sketch around that and it so it kind of depends on what you kind of brought to the table or sometimes like I feel like a lot of kind of (laughs) quote-unquote comedians or whatever kind of have like a notes app or something I know that I do I have like a notes app of just like things that I think of or just things that happen or funny things that people say or whatever that I just write down and then sometimes we'll just be like scrolling through it and I'll be like oh I remember this happened or I thought about this so like I wonder if we could turn that into a sketch kind of thing awesome yeah I do that myself I I always note down things that I think are funny and yeah. I I get to kind of, I guess, practice what I think is funny with my class a lot of the time because I just <laughs> I just love sort of going off in tangents and just having a laugh with my class and telling them stories and making them laugh. And that for me is always a, it's a good way to sort of test things that I think might be funny, just to say it to the class. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. I think that a couple of times we'd, because kind of the comedy society are just, Although it's like technically a society, everyone's just kind of really great friends and stuff. So um, I, I remember like a couple of times we've we've just gone to the pub and then someone's like brought up their notes app thing and just being like, oh, like 
let's all go through and say one thing that we've got written down on this like notes app and <laughs> would just come out with something and you'd be like what is that <laughs> like I don't know what that means like I think I actually used some of mine for I was like MC in one of the shows in second year right and I was like I'd never MC before um and I'm not like most of the MCs usually are stand-ups but um I've asked to do it and I was like I mean sounds like fun sure I'll do it um, but I was like, I don't really want to write a stand-up routine because that feels really inauthentic to me because I'm not yeah. really much of a stand-up person. So I was just like, I just, you know, did a bit of improvising and just did, 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 but I remember like I'd, I think I ended every kind of segment before I introduced the next act or whatever with like, I'm just like, with like a random thing from my like notebook, just okay. like a random little, like little quote that I've written down I'd be like thank you and then just walk off the stage and people are like what was that <laughs> like it seemed to go down well so I was like there we go I've made a use for some of them that haven't made it <laughs> so emceeing is a really interesting thing I've done a lot of emceeing myself in the past and for me there's something about holding a microphone and speaking to people that opens up a part of your brain that isn't normally open even in improv like because in improv we're not stood there speaking into a mic but there's something about certainly for me when i'm stood in front of a crowd and there's a microphone in my hand whatever i might have thought have thought of beforehand is like amplified by 100 because i've got this mic in my hand and i know yeah. that oh the focus is on me so these people need to be entertained yeah it feels yeah i feel like it feels so different compared to because again like i'm used to kind of either being on like just in theatre things where obviously I'm not holding a mic <laughs> or during improv like again I'm not I'm just doing it and just projecting my voice so yeah I feel like there's something about using a microphone that like makes it feel like official almost yeah which is like silly to say but like official like oh like everyone has to listen to me because I'm going to be the loudest in this room and <laughs> if it goes wrong it's just going to echo across the whole room and it's going to be a mess and ah. it's like weird and there's also a thing of you are amplifying yourself here. You're on stage when you're emceeing something, you are yourself. It's not like you're playing a character in a show. You're not in improv where you're taking on loads of different roles. You're stood there and like there's that thing in your brain that says, well, if, if this doesn't go well, this is my name that that's going to go down as doing a, a bad job, not the yeah. character, not the actor uh, thing that I was playing. Yeah, it's yeah, that's so true. Like I like with improv, if, if you kind of if you kind of bomb an improv, it's kind of forgotten about because you can quickly move on. You've got other people there to kind of help you dig yourself out of the hole that you've gotten yourself into or whatever. But yeah, with MC and yeah, it's kind of it's just you with the audience with like a barrier between you because you've got this microphone and it's like, well, you're you've been asked to do this. So that means that you have to be good at this and it's only you. So that means that you're the best person for the job. And if you're not, then you're rubbish kind of thing. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I think I actually emceed without a mic for at least one of them, like for the improv night, because it was just, I think, improv. Um, and I was just like, it just feels really like weird and inauthentic for me to like have a mic on for no other reason than just for me to be like, hello, everyone listen to me. So I just kind <laughs> of just projected my voice <laughs> instead because right. I was like, well, You've, you're gonna hear me for the rest of it without a mic so I don't know why I should have a mic now to just say hello welcome <laughs> now something I often talk to people about on this podcast is about how they reach a certain point in their life when they find improv and, and it, they're often a lot older than you were when you discovered improv so it really intrigues me to 
to speak to you about discovering improv at such a young age. I just want to ask you, how big an impact do you think improv has had on your life, finding it at the time you found it? Ooh, um, I think a lot, to be honest, like not just be like, yes, like I'm going to agree. Um, but like, <laughs> <laughs> I think like a lot of like, whether it's just things like, you know, when I go to a place, like if I go to London or New York or wherever, I'm always like kind of, on the lookout to see if there's any improv shows going on or like when I moved to Madrid I was like trying to find and alas failed because of COVID and things but I was trying to find like yeah. you know different like kind of drop-ins and things like that and stuff like that where I'm like a lot of money is being spent on this um but equally <laughs> just kind of like my I feel like my mindset and stuff is like very different now and it's just like because I'm such like an overthinker in general life that I'm just like, oh no, like, and I'm just like internalized, like, oh no, this person like must think this of me because I said this, but I didn't mean it like this. But like now it's just kind of like, I don't, I feel like I just kind of, I'm better to go with the flow a lot more or just like, I'm less scared to make a mistake in life in general. Cause I'm just like, well, it's fine because like you can make a million mistakes and it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. Like in five years time, am I going to remember this one thing I said or did? That doesn't really matter. Things like that, I think it's like definitely changed my mindset in just general kind of life. And even like normal performing, like scripted stuff where I'm just like, well, I know that if I f like forget a line or someone else does and whatever, I can like somehow get myself out of it with just a bit of improv that kind of fits, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> and do you have actor friends that are afraid of improv because I know lots of people in the acting world that are afraid of improv and what do they say to you about improv yeah yeah I have like to be fair most of my actor friends don't really do improv apart from the ones who are like within the improv community and stuff um a couple of like had to do it for like their kind of degrees at drama school and things like that um but yeah I've definitely got some friends who are like like one of my best friends is she's like a she's a performer she's like an actor dancer things like that and like the thought of improv to her is like terrifying <laughs> she's like no <laughs> I like I've I've been trying to arrange um doing like a kind of beginner's course at the theatre company I'm like working with and I'm involved with in Liverpool um and I remember my best friend said the other week she was like do you think I will like improv and I was like yeah <laughs> like genuinely because I think that people just think of improv as this like terrifying monster just like oh it's, we just throw you on a stage and yeah. you have to be funny like and I'm like no it's like it's it's so not that at all like there is no part of it that should in my opinion ever be someone trying to be funny because it's just it just feels so forced and not it just doesn't play off well kind of thing yeah. it's just like and I don't think people know of like the kind of intricacies of like no we teach you how to do this like it's, it's like <laughs> You know, it's not like Premier League football. Like, imagine just throwing someone on the field and be like, go, go play. Like, that's not how it works, that you get taught the different techniques and the different things and stuff so that you have the tools with you that you can do things and it will be, like, interesting to watch kind of thing like that. So I think that, yeah, I think that people just kind of see improv as this terrifying thing without really realising there's so much in it that is, like, yeah. so welcoming and so helpful. And it's just it's fun at the end of the day it's just fun to do and there's no there's no stakes because people think it's such like a high stake thing of like well if you if you don't know what to say if you haven't got anything to say like you're just stood there you can't get out of it blah, blah, blah. and I'm like but there's never not something to say because you've got other people there who are yeah. in the same situation <laughs> I know lots of people 
that still believe that improv is staged uh, or or like at yeah. least staged a certain amount and this is just like people i work with and things and they'll talk to me about it and be like but it is planned isn't it like you you, you know basic things you're going to say and i'm like no <laughs> no it, it's completely made up and they're like yeah but it can't be that it can't be that good it can't be that slick if you're just making it up i'm like well it is no way yeah that's so mad i've never i've never actually heard someone say that that's really funny i know that like the idea exists that like you know people go to try and be like oh but that's clearly staged and i'm like oh no it's not we just we're just pretty good at it that it looks like it should be but actually we're just using the things that we've learned and practiced and stuff like that yeah like I know that my dad was like <laughs> when like I'd be like um he'd FaceTime me or whatever from like when I was in Newcastle and things and he'd be like oh what are you up to and I'm like oh I'm just like off to improv and he's like oh have you got a show and I'm like no 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 we're just like I'm just going to rehearsals and he's like well you rehearse an improv it's meant to be improvised <laughs> I'm like no because it's like I always say that I think me and Owen Scrivens have the similar kind of analogy of like again football it's like well you don't play the exact same moves in football every time and you don't practice yeah. right you do this first and I'll do that because that's not how it works but you kind of you go to training and you practice different techniques and you practice I don't know football you practice heading the ball and running across the field but clearly I'm a football fanatic um <laughs> but things like that where it's like you still need to rehearse and practice the kind of skills. We just don't, we're not scripting it. We're not like behind yeah. the scenes, like, okay, and then I will say this and then you will say that and people will laugh. <laughs> and just the format, working out the format as well. Like, cause I, mm -hmm. I'm currently at a position with the Oikers, my troupe, where we are a troupe that has formed online during the last year. And, you know, we want to start getting out there and doing shows now the world's opening up a bit and, and there's been talk of a potential show coming up October time. So we're now having to say, okay, then, well, we're going to have to meet. We can't just turn up to a show the first time and it'd be the first time we've properly met. We need to yeah. be in person, work out the actual format of the show, how it's actually going to work, what's going to make our team sort of unique to the other yeah. teams. And that's, that's really what comes from the rehearsals, isn't it? It's, it builds the rapport between you, but then it actually builds the structure and the format of what it actually is you're going to present. Yeah, like, yeah, definitely formats and things like that. I think that, I think that sometimes people who might not be well-versed in improv and things like that think that either that, like, we don't have a format and we're just like, let's put on a murder mystery and then we just figure it out. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like a complete free form. But equally when, like, you explain you're like no we have a format and like you know we have like a you know we have a three act structure or whatever we do this like three scenes and then a, and then a whatever and then three or whatever I think then sometimes people are like oh so it is scripted or so it so you do know what you're doing I'm like well no because there's nothing in there that's just so that we know how long it's going to run so that yeah. we're not doing it for 10 minutes or three hours <laughs> and people are like oh my god when's this ending like it's just trying to figure out things like that like formats that take like they take so long to especially new formats that you kind of figure out they can take so long to kind of just figure out the pure mechanics of how it works and things like that and trial on it and stuff I think yeah there's a very slight difference in the wording of we know what we're doing but we don't know what we're going to do <laughs> yeah that's so true yeah I really like that yeah <laughs> <laughs> I've never yeah, thought like that before this... I just made it up yeah yeah it's like we've kind of got the skeleton of like what this show should look like at the end yeah or like we've got you know we've got like an ikea flat pack manual and it's like this is what it should look like 
go figure it out without the instructions kind of thing or whatever like the kind of you're putting the meat on the bones of the skeleton <laughs> and i think the great thing about improv as well is it's not just you the people on the stage that are building this wonderful thing it it's the suggestions from the audience that are helping so yeah. they are a part of it as well and that's another reason why it can't be can't be staged or planned because you're going to take these organic suggestions that you can't possibly have planned for and you could be the same team running the same show every night of the week but the audience is always going to give you different suggestions and that's going to change yeah. the outcome yeah and it's just kind of knowing it's it's not knowing what they're going to say it's knowing how to do something with it yeah. like it's not knowing that they're going to say the word croissant and you've got to make a like a scene about croissants or whatever it's about knowing what you could branch off from that whether it's like french pastries or whatever i don't know things like that where it's like it's not it doesn't matter what you say it's just it matters that we can figure something out from it and yeah. kind of go for something and i remember when i first started getting into improv it was in my mind that i had to think of something every time oh that's what the thing is right i need to jump in and i need to think of something and then i started to learn oh yeah i don't need to do that all the time sometimes i may have a strong idea and i'll go with it and then other times i can sit back and see what someone else comes up with and in some ways that's that's more fun and it's a different challenge because it's not necessarily what your brain would have thought of so it's it's a different experience oh let's enjoy this different experience i wouldn't have thought yeah. of yeah i definitely as well like i love kind of david escobedo kind of does this a lot in his workshops and stuff of, of like coming in with nothing and i kind of like it sounds kind of terrifying and stuff like that but I, I just really like it sometimes especially when you know the scene partner that you're with is just going to back you up 100% you kind of like are on the similar wavelengths it's just so nice to sometimes like obviously it doesn't work in every show when you need to form things from suggest suggestions and things like that but every so often it's just so nice to just be like you and me let's just like get on stage and then just kind of like have a couple of seconds of just figuring out what we're doing and just like whether it's like the slight like turn of a head or whatever and just like turning yeah. that into something and just kind of completely going in with no ideas which should be terrifying to do in front of an audience but sometimes it's just so nice because you're just like this would never have happened otherwise because I would never have thought of a scene with a b and c yeah. but now like that we're doing it purely from like a tiny twitch or a tiny turn or whatever that you did that I went oh let's like lock onto that and like figure out what I can do to match or mirror or whatever that it's just so nice sometimes I think <laughs> and I think sometimes it's the pressure of the situation so if you're stood on the on the back line on the back wall and there's a suggestion and you get in your head oh what could I do with that and you get lost in that that thought process or sometimes you think oh, I can't think of anything but that process of stepping forward it it forces your brain to have to yeah. think of something to whether that is oh i can't think of a particular thing to say so i'll just do this or i'll look at what my partner is is yeah. standing like and it, it forces forces your hand because you've stepped forward something yeah. has to happen whereas you could forever stand at the back and think oh I, I could never think of anything to go there but then all of a sudden you've stepped forward so your brain is yeah. forced to do something yeah i think that sometimes like your body or like you know your subconscious or whatever you want to call it like kind of 
know something before you do sometimes like like sometimes where you feel you're kind of your foot moving forward and you're not quite sure why it's not like you've come with a fully fledged kind of nugget of an idea or anything you're just like oh I don't even have a premise like I can't step forward but there's something that's like pulling you to the front sometimes you just gotta like follow that and be like no like there's clearly something that my brain has thought of and like something will be there it's kind of that thing I know that Grace Helbig has a quote that she once said at like a graduation inauguration that I really liked where she was like it was kind of from improv and stuff because she again like kind of feels like she built her world view around it even though she didn't do much of it anymore it's like she said like pursue your passions celebrate your bloopers and never stop following your fear and I'm like yeah that's so true because it's just like you got to do what you want to do but also like if you mess up it's fine and just got to sometimes follow that fear if you're like scared of something it means that you want to do it in some aspect obviously not like a like a shark chasing you but like you know something that makes you feel scared it's because it's like it should just be excitement it's like it's clearly something that you want to do so it's just yeah. like just do it just step forward and something will happen it's not like you're going to be by yourself like you will have other people to back you up and just look you in the eye and be like yes I've got it let's go like you can do this kind of thing just like just go just step forward <laughs> <laughs> And that is a perfect place to end this chat, I think. There we go. <laughs> uh, so just before we do go, uh, have you got anything you want to advertise or social media accounts you want to tell people of? Oh, yes. Um, so we are, I'm part of Let Us Make It Up To You and we're at Let Us Make It Up To You and also at The Hang, the like T-H-E-H-A-N-G, like hangout. Um, we are currently on a short hiatus as we like figure out where we're going forward and things like that um but we should be at a show in Sheffield um on the 18th of September I'm pretty sure correct me if I'm wrong someone um I'm pretty sure it's then so that's when we're kind of going to be back together which will be fun for the first time in, in a brand new like city so if you're around or in Sheffield around then please come and see us like just check us out on social media and see when the show is because it'll be fun and it would be nice to have some new and old faces there so yeah <laughs> awesome well there we go good luck with all of your future improv endeavors and thank you very much for chatting to me today thanks for inviting me you're very welcome thank you bye bye Well, thank you so much to Neve. That was a really great chat. And I just think it's so great that someone so young has already got such a rich history of improv. She's been so involved in the community in the the time that she's been doing it. And she's super young and she's got so many more years ahead of her. She's going to be someone that is really... uh, doing great things in improv for many many years to come i think so keep an eye out for me francis she is definitely someone that if you see an opportunity to watch or to improvise with she's someone you definitely want to be checking out so thank you very much to that was a really lovely chat now if you are interested in getting into improv or already involved in improv and want to try out a different improv scene, then all the info you need can be found at www.liverpoolcomedyimprov.co.uk. You can also check us out on Facebook by searching for Liverpool Comedy Improv and on Twitter and Instagram we are at Live Comedy Improv. We have a Facebook page which you can check out. Please do just search for Liverpool Comedy Improv Cast on Facebook and on there you'll see 
Uh, we drop the links to the new episodes on the host site every Monday. We put a trailer out every Thursday, and you can just find out all things you need to find out about the show from there. There's also a link to the show on the, the website for Liverpool Comedy Improv. So if you search for it, you'll find it. Just type in Liverpool Comedy Improvcast wherever and, you know, you'll find everything you need to do with the show. If you are a member of the LCI community and you'd like to be a guest on the show, then please get in touch with me or with Emma Bird and we will make the arrangements as soon as possible. There is a lot of change going on right now in the improv world and lots of you are getting back to doing things in person. So I hope if you are doing that, that things are going well and that everything is safe and that you are remaining happy. Remember that improv is still existing online, it's not going away anytime soon. So do check out the regular LCI online drop-in and just have a search around. There's all sorts going on all around the world. There's drop-ins that you can join, connections that are waiting to be made. So. Thank you very much, as always, for listening. And if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to drop us a lovely five-star review. Subscribe to the show. Little things like that really help to give us a boost and get our name out there. If you're interested in me at all, other than this podcast, you can find all things to do with me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Ian Luke Jones. It's Ian with two eyes because I need to see properly. That's I-A-I-N just checking with you so yeah uh, on my youtube in particular you'll find all sorts of videos lots of improv stuff lots of music and lots of comedy as well and that pretty much brings an end to this episode thank you so much to neve again and thank you so much to you for listening i really appreciate you taking the time to listen to the show and if you're listening I know lots of you are spreading the word as well and it's little things like that that really help so thank you for listening, thank you for spreading the word and I do say again if you are a member of the LCI community and you've not been on the show yet why not? Get in touch, I'd love to speak to you. Now before we go here are some words as always that are wise, wise, wise always remember whatever the situation to treat life like improv and yes and